Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So one of my many bad habits is I spend entirely too much time on social media. I enjoy the mindless scrolling of TikTok and Instagram. But a thing that I think has emerged as social media has become so prominent in our lives is this prevalence of the hustle culture. Everyone should be working all the time. If you're not at your job, you're creating content. Everything becomes an opportunity for other people to consume what you are doing with your life. This prevalence of the hustle, the girl boss, the we can make miracles culture is I think really strongly rooted in Christian tradition. This idea that we can do it all We should always be working just a little bit harder. I once, uh, as an associate pastor, sat behind the senior pastor as he preached a sermon that compared freeing the Hebrew slaves to his training for an ultramarathon and how if we all just worked a little bit harder, we could achieve great things. I will confess that one of the most challenging parts of being an associate pastor was sometimes keeping a neutral face listening to sermons like that. (laughs) I think my disease with this hustle culture, this we can always be doing more, is part of why I've always struggled with this scripture. I don't love the idea that in addition to everything else I'm supposed to do, I need to also be willing to walk on water. But a while ago, I heard a sermon by Nadia Bowles-Weber that really helped reframe my understanding of this scripture. And I needed that because I am not a person who particularly needs to put more pressure on myself to be perfect. We think of Peter as this disciple who almost could. He could have kept walking on water if he just believed in himself a little bit more. We receive the message that with enough faith, 
we too can walk on water all the way to Jesus, which on the surface I think sounds incredibly inspiring. But if we take it all the way to the logical conclusion, it means that if we are not godlike in our ability to overcome all of our fears and failings, if we are not godlike in our ability to defy the forces of nature, then the problem isn't that there is a limit to what we as humans can do. The problem is that our faith just isn't strong enough and we need to just believe a little bit more. And to me, that does not feel like the good news of the gospel. Because telling myself in the midst of a struggle when I am facing the hardest storms of life that I just need to believe in God a little bit more and it will be fine doesn't make the storms of life any less painful for me. All of the power of positive thinking, all of my best manifesting my best girl boss life doesn't seem to do the trick when the dangers of life are surrounding me. If anything, this idea that we have unlimited potential means that the chaos of my life is still terrifying and now I have to feel bad about the fact that it's my faith that's the problem. I don't know that we need to concentrate always on being exactly like Jesus in all things. Because what would Jesus do is a really useless question when the answer becomes something like, I don't know, raise the dead, cast out demons, turn water into wine. That's not a fair test of my faith. It's not a fair understanding of who God is calling me to be and the full humanity that I'm being asked to live into. And I think I begin to wonder if we don't have any lines between Jesus, who is empowered by God to perform miracles, and us, then what point do we stop needing God? If I become so Christ-like that I can walk on water, do I need Christ in my life at all? Mercy and forgiveness become things that other people need, but I have perfected my faith. So other people might need it, but I don't. And really quickly, this belief that if we just faith a little bit harder, the storms will stop, is just arrogance and not a belief in God at all. And so when... I read this sermon, the three points that she made, I think are so important to highlight because it helped, again, frame for me how I could understand the scripture, how I could understand Peter's journey rather than going out and being my own savior. The first thing that she said is that making things harder than they need to be is a really stupid way to prove ourselves. If you read through this scripture passage and you start to think about and envision this moment when they're on the lake, they're in this wild storm, they see Jesus walking towards them. When is Peter asked to step out of the boat? 
Nobody in his boat is asking him to do this. None of them seem compelled to say, why don't you just step out and see if you can do this too? Jesus doesn't actually first ask him to. Jesus decides himself that this should be a test of his faith to walk on water. I sometimes wonder when Jesus responds to Peter, when he says, if you want me to walk out to you, just call me. And Jesus' response is less of a holy, yes, my child, come, and more of a like, I mean, okay, you can try. (laughs) I don't really know what the point is, but like, if it'll make you feel better, I'm happy to help. I think there's a lot of times in life we assume the hardest way to do something is the best way, especially in our life of faith. But when we make things harder than they need to be, we are not proving to ourselves anything. We are just punishing ourselves. What we believe will will determine what we see. Jesus sends the disciples out in a boat, and there is a terrible storm. The wind is against them, and they are scared. I have been in a boat during a terrible storm. It's awful. I don't think that they have a lack of faith because they are scared in the midst of the storm, and they should believe that Jesus will keep them safe. It is okay to be afraid when a scary thing is happening. Their failure was believing that God was not near, even in the midst of the storm. Their failure was buying into the lie that calm waters are the only satisfying proof of God's presence. The fact that the wind was blowing The fact that the waves were high does not mean God was absent. In the midst of those storms, we think, well, if I just believed more, then God would join me here. And that is a failure to understand that God is already there. It keeps us from seeing that Jesus is not far off, but is indeed walking towards us in the chaos saying, you are not in this storm alone. When in doubt, her third point, when in doubt, don't try and do what Jesus would do. Try and remember what Jesus has already done. There are so many things in life. When I begin to doubt, do I have something worth saying? Is this next step going to work out? When I was leaving full-time ministry and moving to Boise, I struggled so deeply with this idea of faithfulness. I struggled with this idea that maybe I was on my own now, that my simple decision to leave full-time pastoral ministry meant that God was no longer walking beside me. That suddenly, for the first time, although I had made every other choice in my life that had worked out well, with a clear leading from God, for me, it's not a booming voice. I do not see Jesus walking towards me on the water. I think that would freak me out, so I'm quite glad that that is not how God appears to me. But it is a deep 
and it is a true knowing yes. It is when my heart feels settled. It is a feeling unlike other times when I make a decision. When I know that I am on the path that God is leading me, there is a surety in my heart that is not my own. And despite me knowing that that is how God had spoken to me, that is how God's faithfulness had appeared to me, I would panic in this big decision and think, but this time I'm wrong. Despite me knowing how Christ has walked beside me in the past, this time I have it wrong. And you'd think, after all of this time, that my faith would be strong enough to at least remember that I am not doing this alone. And so I think when Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt? It wasn't about Peter not being able to do what Jesus can do and walk on water. But it was about Peter and the other disciples not trusting what Jesus had already done. They had seen Jesus cure the incurable and cast out demons. They had seen Jesus calm the winds and the seas during a previous storm just a couple hours earlier. They had seen Jesus make the lame walk and restore sight to the blind. They had seen Jesus feed the 5,000 with a few fish and a couple of loaves. They had seen Jesus raise someone from the dead. And so when they see somebody walking on the water towards them in the midst of the storm, they immediately think it's a ghost. Because they forgot that it is Jesus who is in the midst of all of these storms and Jesus who is performing these miracles. And I think all of us are really forgetful in those moments of life. And I think that can often be the bigger challenge. Having faith isn't about doing the impossible. We are not required to walk on water. But it is about remembering what God can and has and will do again. Having faith is to know that God is God and we are not required to be God. To have faith is to know that that's a good thing. Over and over, we manage to prove that we do a terrible job when we think we are God. We are not good with power. And so I don't believe that there are tests of faith I don't think that we have to make our lives harder than they already are. We absolutely do not have to believe that in order to be the most faithful, we have to walk on water. We have to remember instead that when life is creating waves and the wind is pushing us back, that does not mean that God is far away. It's just that sometimes the winds are scary and life is hard. It's that sometimes we forget what God has done. And sometimes we do not hear it when Jesus says, take heart and do not be afraid. Sometimes we assume the worst. We look for ghosts and not for God. Sometimes we sink in stormy waters because of our own mistakes. A little bit of hubris, an assumption that we too can be God. 
And sometimes at the very last minute, when our arrogance has left us and we have realized that this is not a thing we can do on our own, we call out, Lord, save us. This isn't something we can only do when we have exhausted all other benefits. We don't have to just try to manifest our way into greatness before we can ask for God's help. We can be as wasteful as we want with our prayers. We can ask for help at every moment if we need it. And be reminded that God is already at work. God is already present. God is already reaching out God's hand to us. Because God is never going to tire of pulling us out of the silly and stupid situations we get ourselves in. God never gets tired of lifting us up when we thought we could walk on water and it turns out we in fact cannot. God is never going to tire of being our help and a reminder of hope. God is never going to tire of walking towards us in a storm. And so my friends, this morning, I hope you hear that your faith does not have to lead you out onto the waters. But instead, in the midst of drowning, I hope you are willing to call out for help and know that it is already there. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.